So uh, yeah, yeah. So it's hot. I can see you're you're sporting the uh, you're sporting the uh, the UK uh, mm. costume of choice for hot weather, which is vest. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Nothing else. Just a vest, <laughs> just a vest, <laughs> and you know that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging you. You, you, you the handkerchief on the top of the head as well. Handkerchief on the top of the head, yeah, it's a slightly red nose. No, actually, no, you're you're not looking to to you know, for for a white guy, you're not looking particularly. Uh, oh, yeah, mind. oh no, you got a little pink, a uh, little pink kind of like you know scarf yeah. going on around your neck there. I I, I um, I'm one of those people who read that I don't like sun. I don't like it at no. all. I'm not. I'm not a sitting out in the garden, no. sitting out, sitting on the beach kind of guy. So no. Inevitably, no. then I'm always really, really pasty white. <laughs> so any little bit of sun, I get sunburnt. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of like the look of it. I mean, you look out of the window, you go, oh, nice, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. bright, sunny day, and then you get outside, and you go, oh god, man, this is this is just too much. Mm-mm-mm. It's like a leak from you know places where you didn't think you could leak. It's just, oh, everything's clammy, and clammy is one of those things that nobody wants. Well, people like. People say, yeah, um, you know, go on holiday at last. Let's go to the beach and read a book on, on you know, on the sand. It's like, how oh, can you possibly yeah. read? Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, or even worse, you know, let's go and have a picnic. I mean, I don't mind a picnic in, yeah. in under right conditions with the right people uh, and, uh, you know, and, and a reasonable amount of boo- booze. You can have a fairly decent Mm-mm. picnic. Uh, but picnic on the beach makes no sense to me. I mean, even Mm-mm. as a kid, it was kind of, why would we want to go? There's going to be sand, literally sand in the sandwiches. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's going to be sand in my drink, uh, you know, sand everywhere. And it's just, I've never been a big fan of sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just gets all, in all sorts of, you know, uncomfortable and intimate places that yeah. you know, nobody wants to talk but- about. Yeah, but some people really, and, and I, you know, I uh, respect it. Yeah. Some people really like it. Oh, thank God, now let's go. I just want to sit on the beach for hours. I love yeah. it. So I just don't understand it. I don't no. understand it. I don't. It is odd. I mean, I, mm. I, you know, I come from, a, uh, you know, my mother's Maltese. Um, mm. And so, you know, Mediterranean background. And I still find the heat difficult to cope with. I mean, she does now. She's been out of Malta for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is interesting, isn't it? Well, the, the various kind of, I mean, only yeah, too, too, you know, too fine a point on this, but um, people respond to sensory, uh, sensory uh, overload mm. in a variety of different ways, don't they? I mean, there are some people who really like that kind of abundance of heat, and they will lie out there and they will bake, mm-hmm. uh, and they will just say, "Bring it on," you know, yeah. just get they that love temperature it. going. They love it, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no, no, uh, no, no parasol or anything, just bang right out there. Um, but then, you know, other end of the scale, you get those people in the, in the depths of winter, mm. you know. Gale kind of you know hurtling across the the, the, the sea front, you know, snow and ice in the air. They will be throwing themselves into the sea. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, it's brilliant! I can't get enough of this. This is great. You know, it's the it's it's the kind of the, the cold snap that it hits you. The kind of the the, the frissons of it. And I love it. You know, uh, so people love those extremes of temperature. Hmm. Um, and then at the kind of in in, in you know, let's not explore. You know, I don't want to name names, point fingers or whatever. But I mean, you know, again, when we're talking about people's people's um, sensory experiences. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you'll be looking at people's uh, how can I put this? <coughs> um, sexual preferences, mm-hmm. and you'll think to yourself, "How can you possibly enjoy that? <laughs> why would you? Why would you want that? Why would anybody do that to yeah. you?" And we all know, and we're all grown ups on, on on in in WTF mansions. There is a whole gamut, you know. Mm-hmm. There is something out there for everybody, and you mm-hmm. know. It's, I mean, I can remember the first time as a, as a as a young guy, kind of coming across. I think it was in a movie. I think it was actually. I think it was in the first of the Dirty Harry movies. Mm-hmm. You, know, you remember the Dirty Harry movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. That. And remember uh, you know the guy. Um, um, there was like a serial killer who was who was who was being uh, 
I, I was being kind of you know closed in on by uh, by Harry Callahan, uh, mm. Clint Eastwood, uh, and to 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 throw off the scent and to get public public opinion against him, uh, against um, um, uh, the Harry Callahan person, the serial killer went to some dude. And I was, and he goes to this dude in this kind of, you know, this, this very seedy kind of like warehouse, mm. and it's this guy dressed up in like, you know, head to floor leather, mm. um, like leather glove on, and you can hear it creaking. Mm. Uh, and he says, "Okay, here's fifty bucks. Do the do the business." And he basically pays this guy mm-hmm. to beat the crap out of him. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, and then he kind of, and then he, you know, then he kind of goes to the press and says, "Oh, you know, the police beat me up." You know, Harry Callahan beat me up. Look at all this. You know, I'm just an ordinary citizen, and and you know that works for a bit. And I remember watching this, thinking, "My God, there are some people, there are some people who actually genuinely enjoy being beaten up. They enjoy yeah. that kind of stimulus of physical pain." Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's so yeah. I don't you know some you know, and so there is no accounting for t- <laughs> no yeah, accounting for taste. I thought I thought about this kind of thing before. And I think it's kind of linked to you know, it's like linked to the imagination. You know, and uh, and like um, it's linked to art. It's mm. infinite. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, the, uh, you know the expression of it. It's infinite. So I think that's yeah. why it gets you know it get it get into um, very very strange places, doesn't it? Well, it is. And there are some things. There are some experiences. We are very sensory beings. Mm. Um, uh, and you know, which is why I'm. I, which is why I have I have issues. Um, with with I mean I don't know obviously but I have issues with with the kind of you know disembodied non corporeal mm. existence kind of model of you know life after death or whatever because mm. because you know we re- it, sensory experience is kind of very much what we're all about yeah. and you and you need sense receptors I mean you need eyes to see and to take in kind of visual spectrum you need ears to hear stuff you need a you need skin you need nervous system to feel all these things and without all these things. Mm. Um, what are you actually feeling? And it re- and it and it and it, it it leads back into kind of discussions about about um, about the ontology of God. You know, if God doesn't have a kind of a physical presence, then mm. how does God experience all the things we experience? You know, God can't experience you know a sunrise. God mm. couldn't experience lying around on the beach, getting kind of overly kind of getting too hot, or jumping into the sea in the winter and feeling really cold, um, because you you need a body to process mm. that or to 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 to, to gather that data um, mm. before your, your brain processes it. Um, but it's that kind of, you know, that, that, but there are certain things that there, that there are, um, we are, we are prepared to entertain a surfeit of experience. He's thinking there are certain, mm. there are certain experiences that we cannot get enough of. Yeah. Um, there are certain things that, you know, and I'm not going to go into our, our, our own particular predilections, Danny, because, you yeah. know, I don't think that's something for the WTF crew <laughs> they to, to hear. Yeah, we don't want to hear that. But you know, um, you know, sometimes you'll find something and you th- and you and you'll taste something. And you think, oh man, I could just keep eating this, yeah. even though I'm full, even though I can't actually, I don't actually need it. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the sensation so much, mm. but I can't possibly, I just can't stop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, and at the other end of the spectrum, you know, you've got it's, it's more, you know, well, that's that that can, can be potentially damaging because you've got you know, whole, you know, whole kind of you know, obesity culture at the moment where mm-hmm. people are just indulging themselves in things that stimulate them in a sensory way uh, mm-hmm. without actually kind of identifying what it's doing to them. But you know, you get other people who are perhaps indulging in in uh, you know, in kind of sexual practices or relationships or or. Um, particular kind of addictions and so on, and because they just can't get enough of the feeling, mm. um, they are they are you know they're not even interested in the mm. effect it's having on them you know in mm. terms of their mental and physical well being. 
I really um, liked um, um, Philip K. Dick explored that, didn't he? And um, mm. do androids dream of electric sheep? And it always, yeah. it always kind of, uh, I always find it uh, fascinating. So the main character has a wife who's kind of withdrawn, if I remember mm. rightly. I haven't read it for a long time. But she's really right. withdrawn and she stays at home. And there's a there's like a, a box that produces emotions that you can feel. Mm. Like you know, you type something in, they get, and 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 she keeps typing in negative emotions like depression or something like mm. that she wants yes. to feel depression and yeah. uh, that's kind of genius i thought level i think so yeah. yeah i think so and and you know even even it's a negative emotion some people mm. just get off on the various kind of adrenaline rushes you know sort mm. of anger some people just just you know really get off on getting angry Mm. Because it releases a certain kind of body chemistry, which which you kind of get off on. I remember, yeah. I remember, uh, we only, I think we're only into kind of like the first ten minutes of mm. the recording of our uh, of this, <laughs> this 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 segment of, of, of the podcast, and I'm already um, mindful of a of Star Trek uh, reference oh, here. Okay, uh, and uh, I can remember when when Data, the android, who feels nothing, who, who, you know, is very much the kind of Pinocchio character, doesn't feel anything, mm. apparently, and he has, you know. Um, he, he has a, an emotion chip installed. His creator has left this emotion chip, finally discovers it, he, and he installs it. Um, and he's in, experiencing things for the first time. Mm. Uh, remember going to the to the Enterprise's bar, ten mm. forward, uh, and saying, oh, you know, I've never tasted any... I mean, I've, I've, I've consumed things before, but I've never actually experienced the tastes mm. of these things before. Um, so, oh, well, here you are. This is a such-and-such such a cocktail. And he kind of drinks it, and he goes, "What do you think? Do you like it?" He goes, "Oh no, it's disgusting. I have another one because you know it, it was kind of you know just the experience alone of being disgusted by something. We have the experience of oh god, I just don't. This is this is generating this this response in me. Yeah. I want that response again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, I always think of um, I obviously love Star Trek, love Data, and all that. Mm. Um, I always think of um, the parody of that uh, from uh, Futurama and Bender." Mm. Don't know if you remember this. This another level of genius. Uh, so Bender's saying, um, "Yeah, I, uh, they, they've got the the the, um, the what if machine, so he can he can try emotions." Okay. And he says, um, "Yeah." So he says, "Like as a robot, I don't have emotions, and that makes me very sad." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, so, think, yeah. The, the oh, idea. Yeah. So um, so. Um, uh, 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 data must have some emotions, or mm. not an emotion, but a, a desire. It has desire. So desire is emotion, is it not? Uh, perhaps it is. I mean, mm. it, it, you know, it's an interesting thing, and I've not, you know, it's not something I've done any research on, to be honest. Mm. But you know, what exactly, you know, is, are emotions to do with body chemistry? So mm. is it, you know, that you feel joy and pleasure in something because it produces endorphins, uh, which make it, which going to give you a kind of a high? Uh, and if you could attach those endorphin, that endorphin response to anything, mm. um, presumably, I mean, people, presumably some people are wired in such a way, they're getting beaten, you know, black and blue with a baseball bat, mm. triggers an endorphin response. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of, yeah, yeah, we're getting off on that, really enjoying that. I mean, um, so is it body chemistry or, uh, you know, can, can there be, as, as people like Plato have, have, have suggested, perhaps, can there be, um, can there be rational passions can you kind of be you know can you be satiated can you be satisfied mm. um with a with a rational argument with a rational discussion with 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 the exercise of logic um which doesn't necessarily engage body chemistry but then you know does it i mean if you if, if, if you're really kind of into logic problems and you solve mm. a particular logic problem um 
does that not trigger your own, you know, does that not trigger body chemistry? It all seems to be coming down to body chemistry <laughs> to me. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're operating in, a, in, a, in an artificial body, like an android body, even if, it's, even if your brain is transferred, as a lot of science fiction talks about, your brain is transferred into a hard body, to an android body. Yeah. Do you, no matter what you do and what you achieve and what you can understand, yeah. um, are there any, is there any body chemistry that is triggered? Um, because you know, it, there is, there, 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 you don't have an endocrine system. You, know, you don't have kind of something that produces kind of, you know, mm. hormones and so on. Um, but then I'm guessing the hormones have an effect on your brain. And again, I'm oh, yes. not a biologist, but the hormones have an effect on your brain. So presumably you could stimulate that effect on your brain without necessarily using the hormones by just triggering the, 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 the appropriate, you know, centres in your brain. It, moves the, it does move the, um, like the discussion along, doesn't it? Because we're, we're so, um, so kind of conditioned to think of the brain like a computer. Mm -hmm. like, you know, so it's like a logic machine. Yes, and the idea that the rest of your body has some kind of input on your emotions, mm. you know, mm. is 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 an interesting one, isn't it? It's like I a, think it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hormones, but it brings us it brings us neatly onto kind of the stuff we've been talking about recently. Um, about, I mean, this is right at the heart of of, I mean, certainly kind of phenomenologically, um, it's right at the heart of of the whole enterprise of constructing a philosophy mm. um i mean many ways i i i, I kind of firmly believe this not in a not in a, in a selfish way um or in a self-serving way but you know we are as individuals we are at the heart of our own universe mm. you know, everything everything that there is as far as we're concerned is processed through you know is processed through us you know the, yeah. the universe comes to comes to me uh, and the universe comes to you, and we are the, at the, you know we are at that kind of Copernican point in the middle, and we have to try and make sense of that. We have to try and make sense of our place, um, mm. uh, and the fact that other people are also at the epicenter of their own universes and their own kind of you know worlds. And um, we have to try and make sense of um, the data that we're receiving, and we have to kind of understand how we process that. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, and and that seems to me to be that kind of, that, that's kind of one oh one kind of ground level. Okay, if you if you were gonna, I mean, those people who listened to our to a little podcast um, intro last week, you know, we kind of uh, jokingly raised the issue of, of creating oh. a a philosophy from scratch, um, uh, and that's right at the at the grassroots. You know, why would you create a theology? Why would you create a philosophy at all? Yeah. Um, and you create a philosophy to identify your place in the, uh, you know, in in the world, mm. uh, and to give you the uh, give you a range of tools for identifying or for processing the the, the various kind of data and stimuli that come your way, um, and that's I mean the great you know the greatest philosophers of all time do this in a in a as as, as you know do this in a, in a in an encyclopedic way. Mm. Some of the great philosophers start from you know start from the the, the very basics, you know. What is the universe? How do we, you know, what do we, uh, and then they kind of work their way up through kind of, you know, how do we know and then how do we behave and so on. There's whole levels of it. Um, it seems to me, <clears throat> it seems to me that the era of the encyclopedic philosopher has probably, has probably, we've probably moved away from that. Yeah. Partly because, partly because there's just so much philosophy has fragmented itself. So, as you know, you know, the philosophy of science, philosophy of language, philosophy of art. So, so people specialize mm. in specific areas and so never really kind of take the, the, the 
you know, get the big picture view that perhaps Plato and Hegel, I suppose, is one of the last one of the last philosophers who kind of engaged that mega kind of you know macro level. Mm. Um, so it's partly because we are specialising. There's, there's you know there's lots more minutia to kind of dig into. Partly, I think people are just. Uh, I think it's kind of you know are worried about about any kind of hubris here. They're kind of concerned that they don't want to they don't want to appear. Mm. Um, to say I've got the answer to life, the universe, and everything—it just seems to be a bit of a grandiose claim to make these days. 